You want to know the best medicine for a gloomy spirit? It's praise. Don't stop praising. That's the best medicine for a gloomy spirit. Praise when the valley is deep. Praise when the mountain seems too steep. Praise when the going is rough. Praise even when you think you've had enough. Praise is the answer. Don't stop praising. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. So our title this morning is Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. It was the song that they chose hoping that this might be the one that would get them the recording contract that they had so desperately sought. And so they sat in front of a group of record executives in a live studio audition and played and sang with their hearts out this song. Impressed with the duo and the song, they did get that recording contract with Columbia Records. And their debut album was released in October of 64. Excitement and expectations were high, but soon it was obvious that the album on which that song was buried was a flop. It was a commercial failure, with dismal sales of only 3,000 copies when it was released. And so high hopes turned into bitterness. A promising music career that seemed to be like a brush fire about to take off and burn out of control suddenly turned into a heap of smoldering ashes. And just as quickly as things had started, it seemed that they were over. The duo disbanded, with one member going to England to pursue a solo career, and the other member going back to his classes at Columbia University. But something happened in that late winter and early spring of 64-65. They that smoldering, smoldering pile of ashes that was that, that, that failure of a, that first album, that smoldering pile of ashes, there was a, a glowing ember. And over that winter, 64 into early 65, radio stations across Boston began playing that song on late night radio. And it began, became kind of catching on with the college crowd during that early spring, February and March. And it spread down the East Coast to Florida on late night radio. In spring break of 1965, uh, one of the Columbia executives traveled to Cocoa Beach, Florida. A bunch of college kids gathered on the beach there and they thought, well, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to hand out three albums of all the new and upcoming artists that we had on the Columbia label. But when he arrived on the beach down there, all anybody wanted to talk about was that haunting sound of that song that they'd been hearing on the radio. The one written in a minor key with those haunting lyrics, sad melody. And so he saw an opportunity, he went back home to New England and he overdubbed it with some electric guitar and some drums and they released it as a single in September of 65. Didn't even tell the duo that it had been released as a single. 
And then the first week of January 1966, it hit number one on the Billboard charts. And if you were alive back then and listened to the radio, any time of the day, if you turn the radio on in those dreary, dreary early weeks of January, you would have heard Paul and Art sing those words. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk to you again. It's number one in January 1966. Those sad lyrics written in that minor key on that acoustic guitar was what started it all for them. That's a sad song, and this morning we're going to be looking at a sad psalm. Psalm 88. Scholars say that this is probably out of the whole Psalter, the whole book of Psalms, this is the saddest passage in the entire Bible. Thus, I didn't want to preach it, but it kept coming up. So we're going to talk about it this morning. It's not for the faint of heart. It speaks of a condition of the heart that most Christians at some point in their life suffer. We know it all too well. Those times when trials and difficulties and those hardships of life make it seem like the light of God's countenance is not shining anymore. You have times in your life like that. I know you have. I have. Where you can't see the shining from God's face. Those times when sickness or sadness or death creeps in and darkness veils His lovely face as the hymn says. So this morning as we look at this saddest of psalms, I want us to learn three things about how we can respond when those waves of darkness begin to overcome us. And when darkness seems to veil His lovely face, what do we do? That's what we're going to learn this morning. So let's read together Psalm 88, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read the title there above the verse 1. Those are inspired texts as well, and I'll read that. Psalm 88, it says, A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, for the director of music, according to Mahalath Leonoff, a mascal of Haman the Ezraite. Verse 1. O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble and my life draws near the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. Selah. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, O Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do those who are dead rise up and praise you? Selah. Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have been afflicted and close to death. I have suffered your terrors and I am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. 
The darkness is my closest friend. Let's pray. Lord, as we learn from your word this morning about how we can handle those times of darkness in our lives, speak to our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Now this morning as we look at this saddest of psalms in the entire book, I want us to see three things and three ways how we should respond when those waves of darkness begin to splash over us. If you look at the title of the psalm, it says a song, a psalm of the sons of Kor for the director of music according to Mahalath Leonoth, a mascal of Haman the Ezraite. Now who was this Haman the Ezraite? The Bible has actually a good bit to say about Haman if you look in 1 Chronicles. He was a member of the family of Korah. He was a musician. He was a songwriter during the time of King David. He's mentioned several times in 1 Chronicles. He's, he's named as one of King David's seers. He lists a bunch of names in 1 Chronicles 25. And then starting in verse 5, it says, All these were sons of Haman, the king's seer. So he was an advisor. He was a sort of a, an advisor to King David. Haman was also the grandson of the prophet Samuel. We know Samuel's got two books named after him in the Bible, 1st and 2nd Samuel. But he was a grandson of, of Samuel. 1st Chronicles 6 talks about that in verse 33. It says, Here are the men who served together with their sons from the Kohathites, Haman the musician, the son of Joel, the son of Samuel. Not only was he a seer of King David, and not only was he the grandson of Samuel, He's listed as one of the three main musicians appointed by King David to work in the temple. To lead worship. He's a song leader, worship leader. First Chronicles 25 again says that. David, together with the commanders of the army, set apart some of the sons of Asaph, Haman, and Jeduthan for the ministry of prophesying accompanied by harps, lyres, and cymbals. So he was the, one of the worship leaders appointed by King David to be in the temple, overseeing the worship and the music. And he was a wise man. In 1 Kings 4 and verse 30, it says his, it talks about his wisdom being compared to that of Solomon. But listen to what it says. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than any other man, including Ethan the Ezraite, wiser than Haman, Calcol, Darla, and the sons of Mahal. So Haman was a pretty important guy. He was in service of the temple, in service of the Lord there, served King David. He was a Levite, he was a seer, he was a songwriter, he was a musician, he was a godly father. He was a man of influence during the time of David and Solomon. He's obviously a man of God, close to the worship that was taking place in the temple. And yet when we read this Psalm 88, it seems that he was overcome with sadness and darkness. It says from his youth. He was afflicted from his youth. So, when those times of darkness and despair wash over us due to sickness or sadness or grief, how do we handle that? I think we can learn from Haman this morning. Number one, the thing we need to do when those waves of darkness come over us, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Look with me there in verse 2. Haman says, May my prayer come before you. He says again in verse 9, 
I call to you, O Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. In verse 13, he says it again. But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Haman didn't stop praying. He persisted in his prayers. Even though the darkness was overcoming him and overwhelming him. We're called as men and women of God to never stop praying. We're supposed to continually pray. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. My version says, Pray continually. In Romans 12 and verse 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. How persistent is your prayer life this morning? How persistent is your prayer life? Would you give yourself a grade of an A or B? Maybe a C plus, a D minus. Maybe you're just barely skimming by with a D minus. Maybe an F. For most of us, if we're really honest, our prayer life could be much richer than it is. It could be much more focused than it is. It could be much more productive than it is if we're serious about it like we need to be. I struggle with being persistent in my prayer life. I'm sure you do as well. I'll do good for a while. Be pretty persistent for a while. And then life gets in the way. And I look back at the end of the week and I'm disappointed in myself because I haven't prayed like I needed to be praying. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way. And that's just when things are going good. When things are going bad, that's some difficulty or hardship or some darkness creep in and I tend to focus on that and not prayer. Sure, we pray when we get under duress and and get into that darkness. We pray, but those prayers are prayers of desperation and not really devotion and submission to God's will. Oh, we'll tell God anything that your will be done, Lord. I want your will to be done. But really deep down inside, we want it to be done the way we want it to be done. And so those are really not prayers of submission and devotion. They're prayers of desperation. It's easy to to do that and and, and get caught up in that. I'm sure for most of us, when despair creeps in, we pray more times than we we normally do. Whether times are good or bad, whether they're sunny or dark, the answer is don't stop praying. Haman didn't stop praying. We see all through this psalm, he didn't stop praying. Paul wrote to the Colossians in chapter 4 and verse 2. Colossians 4 and verse 2. Listen to what it says. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So when those times of darkness creep in, the first thing we need to remember is don't stop praying. There's a second thing we need to do. Don't stop praising. Don't stop praising Haman's job was to lead the praise and worship in the temple. That was his job. But so many times when those dark times in our lives hit, it can be difficult to praise the Lord, can it? It's easy to praise God when we're on the mountaintop, but it's much more hard to do when we're in the valley. We get in those dark places, sometimes it's even difficult just to even show up to church, much less worship and praise Him. We may be sitting in the pew and our mouths may be mouthing the words, but our minds and our hearts are a thousand miles away. That's the way it is for me sometimes. I'm sure it is for you as well. But God calls us to 
Praise him continually. Listen to what Hebrews 13 and verse 15 says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that confess his name. Here's a psalm for you, 113. Psalm 113, verses 1 through 3 says this. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. You want to know the best medicine for a gloomy spirit? It's praise. Don't stop praising. That's the best medicine for a gloomy spirit. Praise when the valley is deep. Praise when the mountain seems too steep. Praise when the going is rough. Praise even when you think you've had enough. Praise is the answer. Don't stop praising. Haman never did. Look at the verse 6 there. In verse 6 it says, You've put me in the lowest pit in the darkest depths. Verse 7, Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. Verse 8, You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. And then verse 15, From my youth I have been afflicted and close to death. I have suffered your terrors and I'm in despair. All those things that had befallen him since his youth, losing his friends, being afflicted since youth, being repulsive to those others around him, yet he did not stop praising God. Is your resolve to praise God that strong this morning? Whatever the circumstances, even in the darkest, deepest valleys or on the mountaintop, are you resolved to praise Him? That's what we're called to do. To praise Him even in the storm. Casting Crowns had a song that was popular a few years ago that summed up how we're to praise Him, how we're to live lives marked by persistent praise. That song says, I will praise you in this storm and I will lift my hand for you are who you are no matter where I am. Where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I'll praise you in this storm. Psalm 34 and verse 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. So will you resolve to praise Him this morning? To praise Him even in the storm? Even in the darkness? Even when the darkness washes over us, when you praise Him, it's the best medicine for a gloomy spirit. When those dark waves fall over us, we don't need to stop praying. We don't need to stop praising. The third thing we don't need to do, we don't need to stop. We don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Haman's life was filled with despair and darkness and sadness. It's the saddest narrative in the Bible. Yet he did not stop believing. There's that underlying hope in this entire passage that I see. He says in verse 1, he addresses the Lord in verse 1, O Lord, the God who saves me. Even though he's lost friends, even though he's been near death and been near the grave, even though he's been afflicted since youth, 
He didn't stop believing. And that's our hope as well. That's our rock solid assurance that we have a God who saves us. Who will save us. Whether we're plagued by sickness or sadness or hardship or grief. Don't stop believing. The old hymn says he will take care of us. Be not dismayed whatever betide. God will take care of you. We'll sing that in just a minute as an invitational hymn. Do not be dismayed whatever betide. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. If you're in Jesus Christ, God will take care of you. Regardless of the circumstances. Don't believe. Don't stop believing in that. Paul wrote to the Philippians to encourage them to not stop believing. Philippians 1 and verse 6 says these words, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then again in Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21, he writes this, But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior there, from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like His glorious body. And Jesus Himself said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in Me. I go and prepare a place for you. My Father's house has many dwelling places. And where, when I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto Myself. That where I am, you may be also. That's a wonderful promise right from the Savior's lips. We need to remember not to stop believing. So what burden are you weighted down with this morning? What darkness, what despair are you weighted down with this morning? Whatever it is, don't stop praying to the Lord. Don't stop praising the Lord. Don't stop believing the Lord. He will save you. And if you're not a part of the family of God this morning, He wants you to be. Jesus suffered and bled and died on that cross at Calvary for your sins and mine. So that if we come to Him by faith, we'll be covered by His blood. Be raised again to live a new life with Him. You place your hope and trust in Him if you've not done that this morning. And if you have, and maybe you're, the, the darkness and the despair of life is choking you, would you lay it at His feet this morning? Jesus is always ready and willing and able. He's strong enough and He loves you enough to take that burden from you. If you'll let Him. You reach out to Him as you're led to do this morning. The altar is always open as we stand and sing here in just a minute. Let's pray. Lord, we praise You in the storm. We praise You on the mountaintop. Father, give us the resolve to continue to praise you, whatever the circumstance, to continue to pray to you, whatever the circumstance. And Lord, give us the strength and the faith so that we will not stop believing that you will save us. That's our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.